This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Five minutes past 12 o'clock. Good afternoon. How are you doing and are you enjoying the cooler weather on this Thursday? Waking up to the sounds of rain is quite therapeutic and I think sets the tone for a wonderful day. And so it continues. My name's Nikki Sibirini. This is the DL Link Show. This is where we connect you through insights and information and illumination here on 101.9 High FM. So delighted to be with you. Last week I started off the show talking about being conscious, a conscious living and being aware and, you know, the whole thing about the water and are we really aware of water when we switch on a tap and then it's eating and then it's speaking and reacting and being conscious and and having, I suppose, gratitude, being healthy, being around the people that we love, all of these things that we just, we need to bring our attention to all of these things. Otherwise, it is kind of like the unconscious living. We spoke about bone marrow transplants last week, and I, we had a rabbi on the show. We, we looked at it halachically, what it is to be a Jew, to donate blood, to donate bone marrow. Um, and, and as I said, we are going to be bringing a more in-depth show looking at all of the organ donations um, but I wonder if you've had a chance to think about that um, donating of blood donating of bone marrow contacting the sunflower um, fund just something you know it's, it's all with that conscious living you think it's a great idea and then a f- quick distraction and then it's at the back of your mind so you know on the DL Link show we kind of bring all of these stories to the fore because sometimes life gives you something so unexpected and what do you do with that do you falter do you rise up to a challenge does your life change in a wonderful way the show today we really are going to be highlighting how three cancer warriors lives have changed in such a way that after a cancer diagnosis they kind of took a turn altogether and did so much giving back it was almost as if a light switched on and they got to see what it was to give of themselves um, to others and to help others so I really really do have three extraordinary cancer warriors very inspirational and they're also going to be telling you about things that you can do how you can get involved we've got international um, world cancer day happening on sunday the 4th of february and there's so many events so many ways of highlighting cancer and educating people and changing people's mindsets so that is what we are going to be discussing on the show today and if this is the first time that you have tuned in and when i talk about the dl link show and you're wondering what is the dl link if this is well this is an organization that's very unique to this community in Johannesburg founded by Michelle Goodman and Jackie Artsell all the way back in 2010 Um, and it was really born out of a need to provide a lifestyle and emotional support to cancer patients and their families as well and they provide these nurturing safe spaces and they create wonderful events for cancer patients. It's just this very soft, gentle support that they, and so important support. Um, Currently looking after well over 750 families in the community so growing and just reaching out and touching people all the time so someone to tell us a little bit more about the wonderful work that the DL link does 
is Lindorsky. We've had her on the show before, um, and uh, you know, she firsthand has experienced what it is to be touched by the DL link. So, Lynn, welcome. Lovely to have you on the show. Lovely to be here. How back. are you? Well, at the moment, I'm fine. I go through bad times. I've always been well my whole life. It wasn't supposed to happen to me, but then I think, why not me? But when I see some of these cancer warriors, as you call them, they are actually amazing. They really are. Uh, Dear Link are amazing to me. When I was sick this year, Gabby brought me soup, and I can't even look at chicken soup anymore. <laughs> I've had it. And, I, and I, had to, I had to move. I had to go and live where I have assisted living. Because before this, I had something called Guillain-Barre syndrome. What is that? Uh, gosh, it's a hard one. Um, it's your nervous system gets paralyzed. Wow. I was in the Linksfield Clinic for a month. Sure. That's why I'm walking with a stick, you know, sure. very wobbly. And that's, it's not the cancer that worries me at all. You know, that I go for a scope every few weeks and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the deal link have been fantastic. I don't know what I would have done without them. Uh, because it's someone to talk to and you can go there whenever you like. And yeah. And, and you can't underestimate just how important that is, you know, and that's what, that's, that was you know Michelle's what? idea. Yeah. It is a soft, I mean, what do you call it, Lynn? It's yeah. this soft, you know, gentle, all-embracing and support. You need, you need to talk to people that are in the same position, most of them are even worse, unfortunately, and to have someone to talk to. Mm. And it's like it's like a whole new family. Um, uh, you know, I didn't uh, know these people before. It's just a shame you've got to get sick to know them because mm. they're incredible. They mm. really are. Mm. So someone organized a lunch for you yes. recently. Uh, well, it wasn't... Felicity, but fill me in because I don't know the details. It wasn't you actually me. for me. She... Yes. she Helps a hell of a lot. She goes, and in fact, I went with her yesterday to see someone was sick. She just does it out of the goodness Felicity. of her heart. She, is a, she volunteers for the DLX. Yes, okay. yes. She hasn't got cancer, but she volunteers. And mm-hmm. what she started to do was a brunch. Uh, the last one was at uh, her house. And she gives you lifts and she fetches you. And she, she's just an, the most amazing person. I'm very lucky to have met her. Mm-hmm. How I met her was I was... I was in, uh, I was ready to die because I was selling my townhouse. I had to move to our parents' home because I need assisted living. Mm. And a friend of mine phoned up Dear Link one day and said, for God's sake, can't someone go and help it, help Lynn? Because I was just looking at all these things and zoning out. Mm. And, uh, Which she, is too overwhelming, uh, too uh, much yeah, to do. It was I too overwhelming. Yeah. I was, uh, I knew I had to move. And, uh, you know, my children are busy. I mean, so now, but Felicity orders, organizes these branches. And as I say, she's the most caring, giving person I've ever, ever met. And dear Link are very fortunate to have her. Tell uh, her, tell her, so tell us about the brunch. Who who comes to the brunch? Okay, there are various people. Yes. I don't remember names, but yes. I think uh, the last one must have been about 10 of us and oh, we had lovely. it at friends mm-hmm. and the one before was at her house and uh, you know, you know they you all get to, together yeah, we just get together and you know what's actually good because you realize even though you've got cancer and they've got cancer you're not badly off compared to what some of them are mm-hmm. I mean uh, yeah you know it's just the most horrible thing but you just got to live for day to day and hope for the best mm-hmm. and you're not alone 
No, and I'm you not share a, it. I'm you not share. alone. Mm-hmm. And when I go home, I'm not alone. Because when I was sick, I was alone, and I lost a tremendous amount of weight. It had nothing to do with the cancer. They think it was a bug or something. And being on my own, I just didn't bother to eat. Mm. You know, Gabby used to bring chicken soup, as I said, and uh, you, know, you at least know they're a phone call away. Mm. And they do I love that that Felicity organizes the brunches because I think that sometimes when you're not feeling well and emotionally you're not feeling yeah, very yeah. good, there's a tendency to want to go within. Yes. To yes, kind of yes, withdraw. Yes. Because um, it's, maybe it's easier or I don't know. It just but to be t- taken out of that is so good. It gives you support. Mm. It really does. And mm. to be with people who are caring and loving. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, you know, it's our community that makes it possible for the DL Link to continue doing yeah. the work that they do, both financially and doing things that someone like Felicity is doing, yeah, giving off her time. Can I just say something? Whoever's got cancer, I mean, of course, I never knew of the DL Link. And they're not in touch with the DL Link. They should be. They really should be because they're an incredible organization. Oh, fantastic. Lynn, thank you for coming on to the You're show. Most welcome. Lovely, it was lovely. Nice seeing you. Here's a cheer and take it easy, and it was lovely seeing you. No, it was lovely seeing you. Here's to you. good health. Thank good you. health. Thank Thanks. you, Lynn. Thank you so much. So let me give you the number for the DR link because you're hearing about what Felicity is doing, and maybe you're sitting there thinking, you know, I've got some time on my hands and I'd like to do something. Deal Link are always looking for volunteers. It's volunteers who go out and reach mm. out and do the things that they do. So you can call them on 011 485 3269. That is 011 485 3269. Stay with us. We're going to take a quick break. This is Life Links with a DL Link. Welcome back to the DL Link Show. Just very quickly, because there is a cutoff happening on the 22nd of February. We've been talking about this fabulous event, which is taking place in March in Yerushalayim. We know that Israel's turning 70 years young this year. What a celebration. So the DL Link last year sent a team and a team of runners and this year they're going to be doing the same. You can take part in the 10 kilometer, 21.1 kilometer, the 42.2 kilometer, but you go along as a group and it really makes it meaningful because when you run, you're running with a cancer patient's name on your shirt. You're running in their name and what it does for you and what it does for them, well, we've had people share the most incredible stories. So if you are interested please give them a call 011 again 485-3269 or go to the website and register. The register the registration cutoff is the 22nd of February. Do something really special in 2017. Go run in the marathon. Well I said that we have three wow inspiring cancer warriors on the show today. People who have had cancer um, and really just been inspired to give back and help others and change other people's lives. So our first cancer warrior um, who's going to be sharing her story is Dr. Anne Stain. She's on the board of directors of the, uh, which is South African-based Union for International Cancer Control. Um, she is a cancer survivor for 20 years. She is also a member of the Reach to Recovery International. That's the uh, 
on the RRI board and really just doing such fabulous things, um, helping in 14 African countries. But why don't I ask Anne to rather tell us um, more because um, what I'm saying is certainly not highlighting enough the incredible work that she does. So, Anne, welcome to the show. So lovely, lovely to have you with us. It's lovely to be with you, Nikki. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, and I, I started off talking about, um, you know, we can have situations in our lives when it, everything changes and it changes the way we are and it changes how we operate. And the highlight really, as I said, this show is that we have these three people who've had cancer experiences and then they've spent so much of their time giving back. What was it for you? I mean, you, you got cancer 20 years ago and I'm sure there's a long story, um, and an evolution that took place with it, but was, was was the was that did that birth the desire to then help others? I think it did. Well, it certainly did. Um, I actually have had cancer twice. The last time in two thousand and five, um, and it, it was just I was just so grateful um, that I wanted to maybe share a little bit that I'd learned um, as to how to cope with it mm. with, with other people. And um, in that journey, I've met the most wonderful people, amazing people. Um, and together, we've managed to do a huge amount in the cancer community. Um, all of us have been virtually been cancer patients. And we've all said, I mean, nobody wishes to get cancer. But if you do get it, it is amazing how it completely changes your life and generally for the better. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about working in the cancer community and really helping people know what to look for, uh, helping, um, helping with policies in the governments that there are no cancer registries, there's no data, um, health policies aren't what we would like them to be. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, that's one of my cancer things. I talk very deeply. I'm sorry. Mm, no, no. I I love I love that you are reaching out on this level. I mean, I, I know that you you were instrumental in establishing RRI groups in 14 African countries, okay, um, yes. and that it, you you go to the grassroots. So so is my understanding correct? And that it's going into places where people don't really know much about cancer no. diagnosis no. of cancer. Tell us more. Exactly. They really don't know about it. And, and particularly in low, um, uh, low-income countries um, where resources are very strained and, and constrained and people haven't got access to health services. Um, and if they do, they live far away from it. But if you can get into those communities and explain and help educate them and give them a voice so that they can voice what they need in their country... Uh, in the way of services, it's just wonderful to see. And yes, I've, I've been privileged to go into 14 or 15 different African countries and start these groups, um, which has been fantastic. And as a result of that, I've, I've been, you know, I'm a board member now of the International, the Union for International Cancer Control. And that's opened up a completely new field to me. Sure. So, um, you know, I'm getting old, but um, there's still a lot of work to do. Oh, it's just a, it's you, you're not at all. It's a, just a state of mind, and it sounds like you, yeah, as, as you so. say, I got, got so. so much. I, I'm interested to know, so these areas where you started these groups, does it impact government um, and, and legislation and 
and the kind of budgets um, and money they pour into cancer awareness, opening up hospitals, um, facilities. Is it doing that? It is doing that. It is doing that. Um, we, we've got a, a wonderful group in South Africa called Cancer Alliance, which has got all the different cancer NGOs mm-hmm. under it. Mm-hmm. And um, they are lobbying for all sorts of things. Yesterday we had a webinar uh, between uh, a group in Johannesburg and a group in Cape Town um, where we had uh, many people from the Department of Health and we had many uh, cancer activists and cancer patients and it was a wonderful talk really talking about trying to fix the patent laws um, to make medicine cancer medicine more affordable, affordable. for patients mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and how and are you with that? We, we're getting there government, government is, is, is listening is listening and, and we, there, there is a, a health policy but it's not um, really operable at the moment you know we have to watch the implementation and make certain that it comes um, but yes I, I think there's a willingness there um, but we've just got to be there to make sure that it's carried out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that there's you know when you look at cancer statistics um, and just now I'm going to be chatting with Louise Turner the CEO COO of the Breast Health Foundation and we, mm-hmm. we, we talk about what are the what are the figures what are the numbers I mean it's growing all the time and it's always so difficult to get those figures those statistics out yes. of South Africa yes. Which for, me, which for me indicates, you know, the whole cancer awareness and yes, facilities yes. and treatments. I, I would see it the same way. Well, it, it, it is very difficult because if, if you look at the, the World Health Organization, they say we don't have a cancer policy or strategy or action plan. Um, and they say that they get no data on our cancer registry. Uh, we do have those, but, but somehow or other we are not up to date with putting all those cancer facts there. And I mean, nearly eight and a half million people are going to die from cancer every year in the world. And this will grow mm. by 2030, they sure. say, to 30 million. And the, the really sad thing is that at least a third, at least 30% to 33% of those cancers are preventable because it's down to lifestyle. Mm. So if people know that um, being, you know, if you smoke, it's not a good idea. Excess alcohol isn't a good idea. Lying in the sun isn't a good idea. Um, there, there's so many things that we can do. Having a healthy diet, making sure we have exercise. And that could prevent 30% of these common cancers. Mm. Um, so that's, and of all the cancers, there's 65% of those cancer deaths that occur in low and middle income countries. Sure, sure. Which is really why this World Cancer Day on February the 4th is so important um, to be able to get to people so that they understand that they themselves, everybody, we can, I can, so it's a collective and an individual who can actually get out there and have their say, inspire the action, take action, so that we can call on government to step up their response to cancer. Um, and then we can have educational groups so that cancer can be prevented. Mm. We can equip um, communities with the knowledge and the links between lifestyle and cancer. Um, there's so much that we can do. It, it, it's wonderful. And so this day is, is a really important day, and I know there are lots of activities going to take place um, on Sunday. 
Um, do you know of any? Do you know of any? Louise is going to be telling yes, us about some, but tell us what you know of. Yes. Um, I know in, Cape, in both Cape Town and in Johannesburg, there are big walks taking place. Um, lace up for cancer. You can register on, on Saturday here in the castle in Cape Town. And uh, you get given a lovely pair of laces of all different colors to lace up. And um, you can walk as a group or individual, or you can do the longer distance and, and do some running, get yourself fit. Um, and at the same time, you know, enjoy yourself and and make cancer aware in the community. Mm, mm. I think I think there has to be a strong message, and I think there possibly. You know, such a big challenge out there is that people, you know, they talk about the, the C word. It's like we don't want to associate with this frightening disease. It, it lurks in the, in the background. It lurks in the shadows. We, we don't want to acknowledge it. We don't want to look at it, you know. And so, so often people who do support it are those who are uh, cancer warriors and those who have been touched by it, family members, friends. But it's, yeah. it's finding a way of opening it up so that cancer is just part of a dialogue and a, and a conversation, yes. you know, and yes, then more so and more right, people yes. can do and, and be able to speak about it and, yes, no, and yes, improve yes, it. Absolutely. You're so right. And the myths and the misconceptions and the stigma. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why a lot of people don't want to come forward. They might suspect they have something wrong, but because they feel that they're going to be ostracized by their society, um, it's, it's tragic. It's mm-hmm. tragic because mm-hmm. by the time they do come forward it, it, it probably is it's too late to be able yeah. to really assist them. Yeah. So yes, there's so much that we can do. So much. Well, Anne, well, you are doing a wonderful job. Please continue with it. Um, you are uh, really an inspiration. And um, thank you so much. And thanks for mentioning some of the events happening on the 4th of Feb, being World Cancer Day. Just great having you on the show. Thank you very much, Nikki. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. Bye. Dr. Anne Stain, Board of Directors member of the UICC, and as I mentioned, a, a member of the RRI, and just phenomenal, phenomenal work. We're going to take a break. Um, Louise Turner is going to be joining us. She is the COO of the Breast Health Foundation, and also we're going to, she's going to be sharing some of her story and also talking about some of the things that you can do this Sunday being World Cancer Day. So stay with us. This is Life Links with a DL Link. And so we continue with inspiring stories on the DL Link show because, of course, this is the show where we connect you through insights and information and illumination. I'm Nikki Seberini on 101.9 High FM, and I have Louise Turner, who is the COO of the Breast Health Foundation in the studio and also a breast cancer warrior. Louise, welcome. Thank you very much. And I'd just like to say, Anne Stain was speaking earlier. She is one of my inspirations in the work we do, and I look up to what she's accomplished in our country. Well, you know, I just, I love, and that she goes to all other countries, and she's looking at grassroots level. You know, so often we have warriors here, and it's very much within our community that we're talking about, and, and it's trying to get this message out to rural communities where people don't have the privilege of having access to the information that you and I have right now. So that's a that's a huge challenge throughout the world, I would say. Well, I think in South Africa, what's been really inspiring for me, um, firstly, as a two times cancer survivor, breast and cervical. Two times. Yes, um, I must have those genes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we have in the last few years started working together in an NGO sphere where all the major NGOs like Reach for Recovery and Anne and Cancer and Choc and the Breast Health Foundation, we formed the Cancer Alliance. And under the Cancer Alliance banner, we are lobbying government for access to treatment for all cancer patients, not just um, breast. So what is uh, what, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Um, br- breast cancer gets uh, more exposure than the other cancers in South Africa okay. because October is Breast Cancer mm-hmm. Awareness Month. We all know somebody who's had breast cancer, but there are over 300 different types of cancer. And those... Cancer warriors and those patients don't always get the information and support because a lot of it is revolving around prostate and breast cancer. So as an alliance, what we have done collectively is we've been lobbying government for new policies. Um, We've been, um, I'm very proud to say, very successful on a new breast policy that was launched in South Africa last year. Mm -hmm. And it's about access to treatment for patients who don't have private medical aids and access to private health care. So we're very excited about that policy. I thought that all people would have access to to treatment if you're going to state hospitals. It depends where you live in the country. Okay. Um, If you look at the major city centers like Mm -hmm. Cape Town, Durban, Johannesburg, Pretoria, they have oncology units. But when you're out in the smaller towns and the smaller cities around the country, There's no access to oncology treatment because most of the centers are based in tertiary hospitals that are linked to the universities. Okay. So if you're living in uh, Pitsonavata or somewhere in, in in the countryside, to get access to treatment, you have to travel to those major city centers. So by loving government to give access to treatment to all people, what does that mean? Does that mean they have to open up facilities? What What is involved? Because, I mean, that's fantastic. That is wonderful news. They have to open up facilities. Currently, from a breast cancer point of view, there are only five accredited centers in the country. Only five? Yes. That is frightening. Yes. In the whole of South Africa. East London, Cape Town, Johannesburg, Pretoria, and Durban. So... Access to treatment, it's available. You can access it, but it's getting there. Mm. And that's not the bigger challenge. Our bigger challenge from an education point of view is to teach all South Africans how to do clinical breast exams. The next step is to teach the nurses in the public sector on how to check a woman and do a clinical breast exam Mm. on them. Mm. So there's a lot of education that needs to be done. And I'm, I'm extremely fortunate under the... Breast Health Foundation banner, we're actually launching a medical training site soon. So those ladies that are not in the big city centers can go on the internet, download training courses, do the training courses and have a better understanding of breast cancer and when to refer and more importantly, where to refer a patient who's presenting symptomatic. So, I mean, you started off saying that breast cancer gets a lot of the the awareness and you're lobbying in government and having formed this alliance now, you're kind of pressurizing government into looking at all the cancers. How is government responding? Government, I mean, we're living through difficult times, you know, finance and lots of challenges. Um, dealing with government, yes, it's always a challenge because finance and treasury is always the big words, money, money, money. Um, there are facilities, excellent facilities in the country where you can go and get the treatment. Mm. 
the challenge is getting the people from the outlying areas to those centers. So government and part of the policy is to get those people in. If the nurses don't know what to do with a patient presenting with a problem, they're never going to refer them to a bigger center. Mm. So our initial um, impact that we want to create is grassroots level nurses training in the clinic so that when a woman comes in or a man with a breast problem, they know how to do a clinical breast exam and refer on to the next public hospital, tertiary hospital within the province. Right. We're always complaining about uh, access to treatment. We don't have money. Patients are struggling. I think South Africa seems to forget that in the African continent, we have some of the best health care available to the public sector. Mm. Yes, it is challenged. Yes, it's understaffed. And there are many barriers in accessing treatment. But we still have better health care for all South Africans in our country than anywhere else in Africa. But it's got to get better. It's got to get better. It has to get better. Listen, I'm sitting opposite a very passionate woman. You, I can see it. You are driven and you have a dream and, and you have this purpose. And I love that. When you were diagnosed with cancer and then cervical cancer, was that a turning point for you? What were you doing beforehand? I used to be in the corporate world. Yes. Um, I got diagnosed with breast cancer in 2004 Mm -hmm. at the age of 34. Um, there was no so young. Hmm. Oh, we've got younger patients. I know. Sadly, I know. It's just getting younger and younger. It's so, it's so sad. 17, 18, 20, 25 year olds. Hmm. But I had my treatment at a government facility. Mm-hmm. And the ladies that were there to assist the patients were great, but they were much older than me. And I was a career woman sitting with my laptop waiting for my chemo. And we couldn't relate from a support point of view because my challenges in life are different to what theirs are. They were diagnosed at 50, 60, they retired, and they're giving back to the community. And only two years after I was diagnosed, I found a a cancer support group called Bosom Buddies, which Mm -hmm. is part of the Breast Health Foundation. And I got actively involved as a volunteer. And in 2008, I looked at the corporate world and I looked at that ladder and I just wasn't interested in climbing that ladder anymore. Mm. And I left the corporate world, joined the Breast Health Foundation, and I've been there ever since. So we have active community support programs. We've got community educators that go and educate in the clinics and community. My entire team, we're all breast cancer survivors. Mm. My youngest team member, Jenna, is 23. She was diagnosed at 17. Gee whiz. So we believe that to help somebody on their journey, if you haven't experienced that journey yourself, how do you know what that patient's going through? Mm. And the other important thing is when a patient's newly diagnosed, they look at us and the team and go, we've had cancer. We've survived. This is what we are doing. Mm. And we actually carry them through their treatment Mm. um, from surgeries to chemo to radiation and they become part of a breast cancer family if you want to call it it's a community where everybody understands the challenges you've been through and we support each other irrespective whether it's breast cancer or other challenges in life wonderful really really wonderful so what have you got i know you've got um, some things planned for sunday 
um, and beyond. So let's let's talk about Sunday. Why is it important for people to be aware? As I was saying earlier, October is generally Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and as an organisation, we've decided that all cancers need recognition, right. not just breast cancer. And we've chosen to have our first one step at a time cancer warrior walk in the Johannesburg Zoo on the 4th of February. Mm-hmm. Um, all the other NGOs in Johannesburg are joining us, Cancer and Choc and Movember, etc. And it's about the cancer warriors. It's a walk where we're focusing on our survivors and the warriors. And a warrior isn't just the patient. It's the husband, it's the kids, it's the family, it's the caregivers, it's that whole community that surrounds you once you're diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And there's no other walk currently in the country that actually looks at the bigger picture other than just the patient. Mm. So we're having our walk in the zoo. The gates open at 6. You will be able to buy tickets in the morning, but I would suggest you go online rather. It's much easier. And we have a wonderful day planned. We've got food trucks. We've got a spa where you can book your foot massage. We've got <laughs> off to the walk. <laughs> the wellness village where you can have your blood pressure and BMI tested. Um, all the other NGOs will be joining us, of course. So I'm very excited about this. It's going to be an opportunity for all of us as cancer warriors to get together and celebrate life. Fantastic. So that's the Joburg Zoo. Um, and if they want to get their tickets online, where do they go for that? They can either go through the, our Facebook link, mm-hmm. which is Breast Health Foundation, or they can go on to Quicket. And uh, it's the first event that pops up on the left-hand corner, the one step at a time. Fantastic. So let's talk about um, the lace-up for cancer. The Walking Cape Town, again, part of the Cancer Alliance, the um, hospice in Cape Town, this is their third year they're hosting the walk on a similar principle to the walk we are doing. Okay. Um, All the cancer organizations in the Western Cape are involved. They'll all be there. Again, about cancer survival and celebrating life. Oh, fantastic. So lots happening. What else can people look forward to? Anything else on on the horizon that you want to mention on the show? Um, right now, I'm just concentrating on Sunday. <laughs> just through the week. Just get through Sunday. Uh, let, let, let's take a break um, because we've got a, a wonderful woman who's going to be joining us, also a cancer warrior, also who's turned her life around to giving back uh, on so many levels. And also she went to first, first base um, when she was attempting Everest. And that in itself is, wow, that is really climbing a mountain. So I'm looking very forward to having our guest as well. So stay with us. Louise, stay where you are. We're going to be right back. This is Lifelinks with a DL Link. Welcome back to the DL Link Show on 101.9 Chai FM. Louise, we were just talking um, while we were off air and just saying how important this alliance is, really, that you've got all of these NGOs under this one umbrella. Um, lobbying government um, and you mentioned something and we did quite a bit on um, on prostate cancer on the show and you were saying that more men die of prostate cancer here in South Africa than women of breast cancer. That's the statistics and we're getting. And it's not because more men are getting prostate cancer, is it just because of the early detection and then the treatment? It's about the early detection um, firstly secondly they don't know what the signs and symptoms are of prostate cancer And again, it's an access to treatment issue. And people say, oh, so many people are getting breast cancer. More and more everywhere I turn, women are being diagnosed. Statistically, 
we don't have a higher incidence rate in South Africa than we do internationally. The awareness campaigns that have been done is making people more aware Where? of it. Mm. We're talking about it. We're open about the fact that we've had breast cancer. We're sharing our stories, and women are more aware. And that is why the prevalence rate hasn't actually increased, but you hear more about it because mm. people are speaking right. openly about it. Right. There's no longer that myth and stigma that cancer is a death sentence. Mm. There's wow. a lot of survivors out mm. there. Well, look, look, look at our show today. Look at our show today. This is a wonderful example. So our next um, inspiring warrior is Ntukoza Dladla, who is a senior community educator, and she works as a palliative care worker and counselor, and she climbs mountains, and, and, and. Ntukoza, well, Ntukoza, welcome to the show. Lovely to have you with us this afternoon. Hello, everyone, and thank you for having me. So let's just find out a little bit about your personal story. When were you diagnosed with breast cancer? Uh, I was diagnosed in 2008, yeah. and I finished treatment in 2009. Um, what I, one thing I can say, it was not an easy journey, mm-hmm. because when you hear, I mean, cancer, just a word cancer, it really shocks you and it puts you in another space that you never thought you would be. Yeah. So for me, I was really um, shocked and confused and uh, devastated at the same time. How were your family and your friends? Um, let's start with the friends. My friends in the beginning, they were only like, we're going to support you and we're going to be there. Yeah. But as I started chemo, losing my hair, and like uh, uh, the skin changes, and they were a little bit scared. Um, I'm not, um, I don't have this with them, but it's like cancer separated the real friends and the fake friends. Mm. So, because there are friends that can be there for you through and through, and there are friends that cannot be there. Not because uh, they, they, they don't like you or they don't they see you change, it's because they are scared of seeing you. In, 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 in change from who you were to be something else. Mm. Not, if it, not in a bad way, but um, what I'm trying to explain here is that cancer changes you yeah. for good. Yeah. The yeah. things that you used to do, you don't like to do them anymore. Mm. And uh, family-wise, my family supported me through and through, especially my sister. She was day day one. And without them, I don't think I'll be here today because I would have given up along the way. Really? So everyone who goes to this trauma mm-hmm. has to have someone, some support somehow. And it's not only my family. Even the bosom bodies, they were there to mm-hmm. hold my hand and clarify what was happening to me because I was confused and uh, to see me through the treatment and be there even after the treatment. Was that a deciding factor in you then giving back and working as a palliative care worker? Yes, after I did, because I was diagnosed in Devon, and when I moved to Joburg, there was this support that uh, was tremendous for me, and it was overwhelming because I've never had that before. So I realized that there's a gap uh, between the patient and, um, and, and the doctors, and if, if we can have people in between, like what I'm doing right now, who can explain in your own language what you are facing, it usually becomes easier. So for me, it was easy. Then I saw a gap. I said, if I can do something and give back, 
and, and, and carry someone and hold someone hmm. uh, with this journey, I will be doing a huge, I'm making a huge difference in our community. Hmm. So let me ask you this. The the Ntokozo before cancer and the Ntokozo after cancer, who's able to sit and hold the hand of someone who's in pain, of someone who's frightened, would you have been able to do that before? Or did you no. have to go along that journey in order to, to fill those shoes? No, naturally I'm a good person, but I don't want to lie. Mm. My, my, my mind then was... Um, uh, set up in a way that money is everything. So I should work hard for myself. I should have house. I should have cars. Right. And, you know, all those things. Yeah. So right now, it's, it's not about that. It's about serving someone and seeing a smile from someone who's mm. been shocked. I mean, after he's been diagnosed, he's been crying and uplifting that person and, and, and motivating that person that this is the journey that is walkable, that is uh, manageable. You know, you, you can manage it with someone holding you, someone who's been there. So it, for me, it's a fulfillment. It's, it's, it's a million for me. I, I, I can say, I usually say this to my family and they laugh at me like, I want a, I want a lotto. They, they don't understand because I, I've been there. I thought uh, money is everything. When I'm here with cancer now, with cancer patients, for me, it's fulfilling. I sleep peacefully at night knowing that there is one person that I've touched. There is one person that I've changed her thought or whatever that she was going through in that moment that you, when she was diagnosed. Hmm. And that is enough for you. As you said, the bells, the whistles, the material, the wealth was important, at, and, and this is enough for you to go to bed at night and know that you've touched another soul. That fills you more than anything else. Yes. Wow. Awesome wow, wow. It's so inspiring. That really, really is. So let's talk about, because you're talking about a very sane mind, but it takes yes. an insane mind, in my opinion, to decide to climb Everest, to go to that first base camp, to look at this mountain in the distance, because first base in itself is a huge climb. What were you thinking and why did you do it? Okay. <laughs> I said that because <laughs> it's, not a, it's not an easy thing, I mean, uh, uh, it's easy to say, but you see, uh, seeing where I'm coming from and where I'm going, yeah. it was like it symbolizes my, my, my journey for treatment. Okay. And especially with uh, uh, Everest, it was, it was about me personally because they were things that they were still hanging in me. Like sometimes I lose patients in this journey, we lose people. So I used to feel guilty and feeling like why why this person has to go away? I mean, has, 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 has to go, has to, has to pass on. So I realized when I was in the mountain that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. We as much we are in in a battle, we, we are like soldiers. We will lose others, and as much as painful as it is, but it's not a bad thing because everyone is going to pass on. So for me, as I didn't reach uh, the, the base camp, I, 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 I experienced uh, some um, difficulties with breathing uh, along the way, so they had to evade um, me with the helicopter. That's where I realized that this journey meant something for me, mm. that it's okay even if you didn't reach that uh, uh, destiny. It's okay to go through what you're going through. It's okay. Well, whatever that you're going, even if you you didn't uh, reach your goal, it's still okay because you're still alive. So it made me relate to uh, uh, families that have lost someone, families that are going through 
a, a treatment that are feeling like they will never make it. So I can relate to them. Hmm. Wow. Stay where you are, Ntokozo. We're going to take a quick break, but we're going to be right back. This is Lifelinks with a DL link. Welcome back to the show. I have Louise Turner, CEO of the Breast Health Foundation, and Ntokozo Dladla, who's a senior community educator. Both of them are breast cancer warriors who have taken their their challenge in life, which was facing this disease, and turned it into, you know, what Ntokozo calls a gift, um, and going and reaching out and helping other people. Louise, you said that you forced her to 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 attend this base camp, the Everest base camp. Why did you do that? You know, a couple of years ago, uh, we did Kilimanjaro. And I said to Ntokozo and one of my other colleagues, Rebecca Gills, do you want to go? And they went, yeah, sure, good idea. And I think they swore me all the way up and all the way down. I can understand that. Um, then when Everest came along, I said to Ntokozo, are you game? She said, definitely, I'm in. She now wants to do Mata Picchu. Wow. So we'll see what happens in the next two years if we can get them up Mata Picchu as well. We'll see what happens. What's so interesting is so often when people climb a mountain, it is such a metaphor for life. Um, it's quite interesting. I, I was listening to a man talk about millennials, you know, these these young, bright minds who have been brought up in a certain way and they go into the corporate world and they kind of want to be at the top of Everest, but no one actually told them that they have to climb it. Um, and so for you, you have your own metaphor which you were explaining off air. Please explain that. It's, it's so wonderful. You know, the, the one step at a time concept is all our on-foot events, whether it is climbing to Everest Base Camp or Kilimanjaro. It is triumph of the human spirit. Those mountains that they climbed, it just epitomizes our lives. There are mountains you've got to get to the top, and once you're in the top, it comes down. From a walk perspective on Sunday at the One Step at a Time walk, it's about also exercising. Exercising reduces your cancer risk. Um, I don't know if Everest Base Camp reduces your cancer <laughs> risk, but definitely exercise does. And it's triumph of the human spirit. When you mm. get diagnosed, your life becomes one step at a time. It's from doctor to bloods to chemo and you can't go any further than that one step mm. and when that's done there's the next step you take mm. and I think it's a it's a good metaphor for all our journeys with cancer um, or any dreaded disease or any yeah. huge challenges we have in life mm. I liked what Ntokozo said um, when she said um, you know everything happens for a reason and um, so, Ntokozo, when you when you said, you know, sometimes if you make it, you, you know, we 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 all going to eventually leave this this mortal coil. Um, but but finding peace with what is um, is is a great thing. And I suppose also being very present and very in the moment. I suppose that's what a diagnosis like cancer will show you is just to extract as much as you can out of every moment because we kind of think that this this life is infinite, and it is in many ways but but it is also so finite so Ntokozo um you're still there (laughs) so so just just before you do go what what are you going to be doing on Sunday the 4th of Feb uh 
as part of this uh, journey, um, I'll be busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be busy. Maybe I'll take two steps and three steps, but my steps will be all over. I'll be checking and doing everything and see everyone is happy and, you know, mingling with people. And the next time, I think I'll be walking. But this time, let, let other people walk. I'll do it you've time. done your <laughs> you've done your walking for a bit, except for when yeah. you when you climb Machu Picchu. Listen, you'll have to come back and and share that experience. But just what you have shared with us has been so enlightening and inspiring. Thank you very much for your time. It's been wonderful mm-hmm. having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ntokozod Ladla, incredible woman. I am so blessed. To have a team of women like Ntukosa working with me. Mm. It's just meaning all the time, isn't it? It's just Mm. filled, 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 filled with that. Look, our jobs are not glamorous. We have our days. They're tough. um, But it is so rewarding at the end of the day to see the progress we've made in breast cancer education and awareness and to see our patients thrive two, three, five, ten years down the line because they're still part of the bosom buddies mm. and they still come and see us and chat with us. Mm. Yes, um, I'm so blessed to have this team. Oh, wonderful. Louise, thank you for coming on to the show. All the best for Sunday. I know it's going to be a huge success for those who want to... Um, Acknowledge and celebrate And come together on this World Cancer Day 4th of Feb at the Joburg Zoo Go and walk And all cancer warriors Men and women who've had cancer Please come and join us At our Cancer Warrior stand We have stunning Survivor t-shirts for you Oh, brilliant. Hope it's a great success. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for tuning in. Um, I hope you have been enlightened and inspired by these incredible women who have had this diagnosis, who have been faced with this illness, who have had to go for the treatment, who have had to question their lives and their mortality. And they've come out the other side, evolved and giants in such a way that they're able to give back. And I hope that you have been as inspired as I have been. Thank you so much for tuning in. It has really been a pleasure. Remember, if you want to give back, you can volunteer your time to the DL link 011-485-3269 if you'd like to get involved in the Jerusalem Marathon. Give them a call as well. You take care. Until next week, from me, Nikki Seberini. Goodbye.